Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So good morning. Great to see you. Those of you who don't know me, my name's Graham. I lead the team that leads Jubilee. Uh, it's really good to have you with us this morning. Thank you for being here, particularly if you're visiting us or you're, you're new to Jubilee. It's really good to have you with us. What I want to do this morning is to do a couple of things. Firstly, give you a bit of a report on my trip to Cambodia, which was earlier in the year. And uh, then also talk about how that links to our vision, what it is that we're going for as a church. And I can't cover all of that this morning. We'll be here till mid-afternoon or beyond. Um, But I want to give you a flavor of some of the things that God is speaking to us about at the moment and uh, give you some more things to pray about and pray into and I trust be part of and, uh, and get involved with. So um, I'm hoping that all the magic should work. And there we are, wonderful. And something appears on the screen. So uh, if you've been around a while, you'll know that I was in Cambodia in January. And uh, it seems like quite a long time ago now. We're in March, aren't we? Um, But for those of you who are around the time, you may know that uh, I was there during January and intended to feed back sort of soon afterwards, but on the last day I was there, got very sick and ended up travelling home quite ill and uh, having quite severe food poisoning, Cambodian style, which is uh, not to be recommended, though it does do wonders for the waistline, so there are some benefits to it. But we had a fantastic trip and uh, it was just the last day that I got sick, I only had to cancel uh, one meeting and... um, God was with us and had a fantastic time. But I thought it might be worth giving you a little bit of background uh, to our history uh, in Cambodia and why it is that we're, we're there and what it is that we're, we're doing. It was some years ago that uh, a Cambodian guy named Sitan Lee uh, came to the UK and visited um, some, this was really the area of the northeast. He was looking at uh, some healthcare provision in the northeast, came to look at some hospitals with uh, a doctor, but also, uh, he's a Christian, also turned up at one of our churches, so a church that we, uh, we work with in Darlington, and uh, he turned up there on one Sunday morning quite randomly, and uh, just wanted to sort of meet some of the people, meet the leaders and so on, and uh, at the time, the guy leading the church was away, one of the other elders spoke to him, uh, a guy called Mike Springer, who'll be known to some of you, and um, Mike discovered that actually Sitan had got a whole ministry in Cambodia uh, called Transformasia, working a number of social action projects across the country, uh, but also working with a number of churches, around about 30, 35 churches or so. And um, a bit of a friendship began there between Sitan and Mike. Now, some of you, if you've been around a while, will have met Sitan. We've had him speaking here at Jubilee uh, on at least a couple of occasions And so Mike started to travel out to Cambodia and see how it was that they as a church could serve them and encourage them in what they were doing. But after a while, he realized that actually it was bigger than just one local church getting involved. And so he came to us as a Christ Central team and uh, said, could one of us go out and just see what was going on? And so uh, I was promptly dispatched. This was uh, several years ago. And, um, oh, you see some maps there, see where Cambodia is in, uh, in Southeast Asia. And so I went out with Mike to see really what was going on there in, the, in Sitan's ministry and how it was that we might be able to get involved and serve and bless and encourage what God was doing uh, in this country. And so it really began a bit of a journey uh, for us as a church uh, and for me Uh, in what can we do in that nation to bless what God is doing already in the church and seek to serve them and be an encouragement to them. You see some stats there, population of a little over 16 million, the vast majority of whom do not know Jesus. The main people group in Cambodia is the Khmer people and uh, they're classified as an unreached people group. 
the vast majority of them do not know Jesus, have not had an opportunity to hear the good news of the gospel. And so over a few years, uh, Mike and I and some others travelled and uh, did some leaders' conferences for them, sought to be an encouragement to the church there and to bless what God was doing. Some of you know uh, Susan, who's now part of the church plant in Burton. Uh, she had uh, several weeks out there, a couple of months, I think it was, a few years ago, serving in one of their projects and, uh, and being part of that. So really, God has put something in our heart, both as, as a sphere in terms of Christ Central, but also for us as a local church, thinking, actually, we can be a blessing and encouragement here. Now, for years, we'd said that, actually, we want to play our part in the nations and what God is doing around the world. And being part of an international family of churches, the wider New Frontiers family and us for Christ Central, gave us an opportunity for that, but there was nothing that was particularly ours, if you like, that we said, hey, we want to get involved there. But increasingly, it seems that God has been speaking to us about Cambodia. And over a period of time, I've got to know other people out there, and particularly a, uh, a church we'll come to talk about in a second, in Phnom Penh, the capital, which is the New Frontiers Church. And increasingly, I felt stirred that wouldn't it be great if we were able to plant another church in Cambodia, in a different part of the country, that again could be an encouragement to believers there, but also we could play our part in reaching people for Jesus in that nation. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be fun? And... As I say, there's a New Frontiers church in Phnom Penh, in the capital. And the next sort of major city, if you like, is a place called Siem Reap, further north. It's where the second international airport is. And really started to feel God speak to me about, well, maybe we should plant a church in Siem Reap. There's a New Frontiers church in Phnom Penh. Let's plant a church in Siem Reap and pray and ask God that over time, both of those churches could grow and seek to be a church-planting church across their regions. Because from this side of the world, you know, we can't be involved in every single local church. But maybe there's some strategic ones that we can help that seem like um, a, a good thing and what, what God was speaking to us about. And so because of that, back in January, I travelled to Cambodia again with a guy called Sam. There should be a picture of Sam and Abby hopefully coming up sometime soon. There we are. This is Sam and Abby. Uh, they currently lead uh, a church in Macclesfield. It's part of the Christ Central world. And um, a few couple of years or so ago, they heard me talk about this at uh, Devoted and say, wouldn't it be good if we could be planting a church in Siem Reap? And uh, we pray for Cambodia. We talked about uh, what we've been doing over time with Setan and... Um, talked about our heart and desire to be part of uh, doing something else in Cambodia. And they felt God speak to them. And they felt God put Cambodia in their hearts. And uh, that's been worked out over the last couple of years. Sarah and I have had some time with them. And uh, we've talked and prayed and they've spoken to uh, their local lead leaders in the church and also now shared with their church family that they are planning to relocate as a family to Siem Reap uh, by January next year to begin the process, right early days, begin the process of planting a church in Siem Reap. Isn't that exciting? And friends, we can be part of that. We can pray for them. I'm going to get them here on a Sunday. We want to bless them, encourage them. It may be that some of you get to go and see what they're doing in time out there as well and be an encouragement to them. So as part of the preparation for that, Sam and I travelled out there in January. I wanted to introduce Sam to uh, the people that I knew out there and sort of make the link for him. And uh, he needed to look at some property, look at what might be available to rent, wanted to have a look at a school for their kids. Uh, and so we travelled out there uh, in January. Uh, so next slide, uh, please. This is Phnom Penh. Now, it's a couple of years since uh, I've been in Phnom Penh. And it has changed so much in that time. Just the number of buildings that are being built and going up. So more and more, the skyline is getting higher across the city. And I guess that would be true for many uh, cities around the world. 
But I, I tell you, the change just in the last couple of years is huge. The change from since I've been going in the last, I don't know, five years or so is immense. It really is huge. Lots is happening uh, in, in that place, in Phnom Penh particularly, but also across Cambodia. So it feels like quite an exciting time to, uh, to be part of this. So we started our uh, trip by meeting with uh, some of the leaders from the New Frontiers Church in Phnom Penh. So here on the screen, you've got, uh, you've got me and, and Sam, and then here you've got a guy called Polly, and then you've got a guy called Saddam. Uh, Polly leads the team at Liberty Family Church. There's another elder there as well who wasn't able to join us. He was working over the weekend. Uh, but we spent some time with these guys and uh, sought to be an encouragement to them, a blessing to them, encourage them in what God is speaking to them about as a local church. And uh, then on the Sunday, um, I preached at Liberty Family Church. And uh, there, there we are. So you turn up and it shoes off. Shoes off outside. And then I think there may even be a photo there of me uh, in full flow being translated. So that was, uh, uh, that was our Sunday. Had a good time uh, with the church there. Also out as part of Liberty Family Church in Phnom Penh is a lady called Ruth. And um, she's from Harrogate. And uh, she thought well, a few years ago, her kids had grown up, left home. She thought, well, what's, ne- what's next for her? And felt God speak to her again about being involved in Cambodia. So uh, she's now part of the church there uh, in Phnom Penh. So that's quite a move, isn't it, from Harrogate to Phnom Penh via Mozambique uh, on the way, as you do. And um, she's a great encouragement and, uh, and part of the church there. We also got to meet Seatan uh, as well. Uh, I forgot to take a photo of us with Seatan. I'm not good. I'm really past the selfie age. So I'm not, you know, I have to think I must take a photo. But this is Seatan and Ranza, uh, his wife. Um, that's another photo uh, we had of them. But we were able to connect with Seatan again, which was really good. Spent some time with him. Uh, sent him love and greetings from us as a church. He sends them back to you guys as well because he remembers very fondly being uh, being here. And then after uh, our time in Phnom Penh, uh, we flew up to Siem Reap. Now, Ruth was trying to convince me that we wanted to take the bus from Phnom Penh to Siem Reap. Um, she's like, this is part of the Cambodian experience. And I'm like, it sounds like a really good experience, but I'm taking the plane. And uh, it's about... Uh, it's less than an hour, it's about a 50-minute journey on the plane. It's several hours on the bus, and I just felt that actually time was critical for us. And uh, that was my excuse, and I was sticking to it. I have travelled around Cambodia in a minibus, of about, you know, one of those little buses that takes about a dozen or 14 people, and I've done hundreds of miles around the country like that, and that was an experience. Roads are uh, interesting. When I first started travelling there, I discovered that, you know, which side of the road to drive on was more a suggestion than a law. And um, things have improved in recent years, which is really good. So anyway, we flew up to CM Reap. And I think there's uh, two or three photos of uh, CM Reap there. Uh, a little bit more rural. Uh, not so many high-rise buildings. That's now. I imagine it's going to change in the next few years. Um, but you'll see plenty of motos. That's the main way of getting around town. And um, it was just great to be back in CM Reap. I think it actually would be good to plant a church here. And for Sam, thinking in a few months' time, he's going to be relocating his family uh, to this place. So we spent the remaining time of our trip in CM Reap. Uh, met with a couple called Scott and Judy. Scott is uh, both Americans. Here they are. And... Um, I did do a selfie outside the restaurant. There we are. I got one, got one in. And uh, we spent some time with them there, an American family living in Siem Reap. And uh, they were a great encouragement to Sam, actually. It was a real help. Another Western family moved there, got, got uh, a young lad. So they would talk about how that's been for them, which is a real help. Uh, but we were hopefully able to be a blessing to them as well. Also got to, uh, got to see uh, a guy called Ronald, 
uh, who's a Filipino church leader in Siemreap. There he is. You may have heard me talk about him before. I've preached at his church previously. Uh, it's great to see him once again. I think uh, he will be a real friend um, to, to Sam and Abby and their, their family. We got to one of their prayer meetings while we were there as well. And uh, so that was good to, to meet up with Ronald again. There's a, a cafe we went to to meet Ronald there. I think there's a copy of the menu. So you have special fried rice with kangaroo. Um, where, where's, where's Willie Wu? He could have been here. Um, barbecue crocodile skewer. Apparently, I didn't know this, there's a crocodile farm in Siem Reap. I discovered. There you go. Things you didn't know about places. And uh, I have to say, I didn't try either of those. So it wasn't that that caused my severe food poisoning. We did see, we, we, we had a look around the market, and there was one shop that Sam and I went into that uh, did some jewellery. I thought, oh, jewellery, present for Sarah. This could be good. Uh, you got them on? Oh, stand up, stand up, stand up. <laughs> Come on, mod- model the earrings. <laughs> so I thought, buy some earrings. And uh, we were just chatting to the lady in there. And she said, well, they're made here in CM Reap. I thought, this is great, you know, handmade locally. And she said, you can go and see where they're made. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Said, it turns out where they make is just, was just around the corner from our hotel. So we went to see uh, where this jewellery is made and uh, chatted to some of the uh, people there, which was great, great project employing uh, local people, seeking to, you know, to provide good employment for them out of poverty. And they make some great earrings. So you can have a look at Sarah's Cambodian earrings uh, later, if you so wish. Final day, we went to look at a school which uh, they're hoping to send their kids to, the International School of CM Reap. I've, looked at, I've been around lots of schools in this country. That is phenomenal. <laughs> it really is quite a remarkable uh, facility. Brand new building, British head teacher, who was great. She showed us around the school. Uh, met some of the other staff and see what they were doing. And uh, it looks like a fantastic place for them to send their kids. They do international GCSEs. So it's a British curriculum all the way through to A-level. Uh, so that, it looks like that will serve them, serve them really well. So that was the, the fundamental parts of our trip. And uh, then that afternoon, we, we started our long journey back home. But you might think, well... Why is this important? You know, why I wanted to take the time to tell you about what's happening so you can pray and be part of that journey. But why should we be interested in being involved in a, in a little country thousands of miles away, right around the other side of the world? Well, the reason is our vision. The reason is what God is speaking to us about. See, he has given us a vision for the nations. It's not just about reaching our local community, though that's important. It's not just about reaching our nation, though that's key as well. But actually, time and again throughout Scripture, you find God speaking to his people, both in the Old and the New Testament, about the nations. Having a heart for the nations and the world. So we've defined our vision as we want Jubilee to be a vibrant community, shaped by the Spirit, equipped by the word, and sense the nations. A vibrant community, shaped by the spirit, equipped by the word, and sent to the nations. So I I could talk for hours about this. So there is a danger here in me starting something when I've got 20 minutes left. But I just wanted to illustrate to you that what we're doing in Cambodia is equally as important as what we're doing in Alveston. Both are important. Both are on God's heart. So what does it mean then? What do we mean when we say a vibrant community shaped by the Spirit, equipped by the Word and sense the nations? Well, let me just give you some headlines. I haven't got time to preach into all of this because there are a couple of other people that I want to get up to hear from as well. So I want it to be vibrant. I want Jubilee to be a vibrant community where we see life in abundance. We want it to be a real community, a real love for one another. Remember what Jesus said? By this, all men will know that you're my disciples by your fantastic meetings. Remember that verse? You've read it in, in the Gospels? 
And, you know, other people will see that you are my followers by your, your great publicity and websites. Have you ever seen that verse? People will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. That's what Jesus said. Our devotion to one another, to use an Acts 2 word. But we're being shaped by the Spirit. I want to ask you this morning, friends, are you allowing the Spirit of God to shape you? Are you allowing Him to work in your heart? Are you allowing God to do that? Being shaped by the Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8 says this, by this uh, sorry, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So are you full of the Holy Spirit? So often we can think of being full of the Spirit as about our contribution to meetings, and that is part of it. We can think of it of the Holy Spirit helping us and being with us through life, and that is part of it too. But Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit comes to bring power to witness. Power, dear friends, is for mission. As well as being shaped by the Spirit, we want to be equipped by the Word. We need Word and Spirit, both, and it's not either or. Some churches emphasize one above the other. I want Jubilee to be a place where word and spirit both are important and part of what we're going for. But we're sent. God sends each of us. We are a sent people. Whether he sent you to the end of your road or to your community or to the other side of the world, it doesn't make any difference. You are sent. He sends you to your family, to your friends, to those around you. He sends you to those people who don't know Jesus yet as well. We are a sent people, sent to make disciples and to demonstrate the kingdom of God. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God calls us to demonstrate his kingdom. To bring his kingdom rule and reign in every area around us. Some of us worked the Christ Central Leadership Weekend uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, David Carr from Solihull was preaching and he was talking about uh, demonstrating the kingdom. And uh, he was saying that and he was reminding us that Jesus said that he would build his church. Actually, it's our job to preach and to demonstrate and to extend his kingdom. He described how he'd been preaching this for some while and realized that he wasn't doing an awful lot about it. <laughs> and so he became a hospital chaplain alongside being a pastor as his way of expressing you know, demonstrating and extending God's kingdom to people who are far from God. Such a challenging story. God calls us to love and to serve this city, people who don't know him yet. And it happens in all sorts of ways. Some of the ways we organize as a church, some of the ways you do as individuals. And either way, we want to bless and encourage that. So I know in this room this morning there are all sorts of stories, all sorts of different ways in which some of you seek to serve this city and be a blessing to it. We haven't got time to hear them all. But I know that some of you are counsellors or school governors. Um, we're foster carers, for example. Seeking to be salt and light in our community. Bringing in the kingdom of God. But there are also some things that we do church-wise, and we'll, we'll come to those in just a second. Smile would be one of them. Working with Faith, Hope and Enterprise would be another. And uh, another thing I want to tell you about working uh, with, with vulnerable children. We'll come to that in just a second. See, God has called us to make a difference in this world, friends. He really has. 
but it's about the nations. It's about here and there. And it's not that we need to finish here before we go there. Actually, it all needs to happen simultaneously. So what we do in Derby is just as important as what we do in Cambodia. It isn't that one is more important than the other, but God calls us to both. It's not sequential, it's simultaneous. All at the same time. So Derby, planting a church in Burton, being, plant, being part of planting a church in Siem Reap, actually it all goes together. So how are we then serving our city? As well as reaching nations, we need to be reaching and serving our local communities. So I wanted to give you this morning a very quick update on some of the projects that we're involved in. So I think we'll start with Smile. If I can have a mic, Adam, please. And I think, Jonathan, is this you? This is you. Fantastic. Look at that. So Jonathan's going to tell us a little bit about Smile. Uh, hi. Um, are we on? Here we are. Uh, Sarah and Joe, uh, who lead Smile for Jubilee, uh, asked me to talk a little bit about Smile and what it is, um, as I volunteered to help. And Smile's, uh, it's a once a month uh, thing that's been organised. So Smile's a charity that's really aimed at helping um, children who need extra looking after at home. So uh, these families often... Uh, parents in the families are giving 24-hour care to their children, um, which is quite... A, it's, it's loving, but it's a burden, and it's tiring. So looking for something we can do to help, we set up Smile as a charity, and once a month, uh, on Saturday mornings, we give care to their children so they've got a break, and they can do what they like with that. They can go out for coffee, they can sleep a bit more, they can spend time with their other children. So really it's a, it's a case of looking after their kids for the Saturday morning so they've got some time. And also it's something for the kids to look forward to where we can do different activities with them. Um, we've got um, more helpers so there's, there's things we can do that they wouldn't necessarily be able to do at home or their parents wouldn't be able to do with them. And one of the things I want to talk about is what we did last time. Um, so, being a being a dad, I did woodwork with my kids, and you get them in the garage, sawing things up and hammering things. So, Sarah came to me and said, "Well, would you be able to do some woodwork with our kids in Smile?" Um, that was way beyond what I thought would be possible. But one of the great things about Smile is the way that the leaders set it up is um, they've, they've got a framework going so that. People like me who've got no experience at all uh, and really feel out of my depth a little bit can come in and actually help. It, the, the, as I was sitting down thinking, it's like the, the boy with a few fishes who brought his fishes along. And he didn't feed everyone, and the need was much greater than he could have met. But just by being there and helping chip in, that was multiplied by Jesus to, to the people around. So it kind of smiles like that. I feel out of my depth. But it's something you look and you want to help. And it's an opportunity that's been given to me to be able to just step in and, and provide a little bit of help for that. So what we did with woodwork is, surprisingly, we made these carriers, which started out being um, a sort of a dust carrier with the cleaning sprays and the... Uh, bleach and things in it, um, but I've used it for milk this morning as we're on tea and coffee. It's uh, multitasking. It can be used for shoe cleaning things or toys around the house. But what we did is we, we got all the kids with more or less help to saw up the wood, um, make this, sand it down. They spend an awful long time sanding, <laughs> which is good because they can all do that, uh, hammering and screwing it together. And that's just one of the activities so other activities I tend to get involved with are going out and kicking leaves around or, or lots with Play-Doh or, or drawing the wiggles or anything. So, like I say, Smile, it, we, we do it um, once a month and we're always looking for volunteers to help. So if you, if you fancy coming along and volunteering, then I'm sure Sarah and Joe will be very pleased to talk to you a bit more about what we do um, and really, it's, like I say, the way the leaders have set it up, it's organised, so it's really easy for anyone with no experience like me 
to come along and, and lend a hand looking after people. So that's that smile. It's great. Fantastic. I think I'm, I'm similar in, in many ways. I haven't got any experience really working with children with additional needs. Um, but it's, it's that sort of environment, like Jonathan was saying, that where people like him and I who don't have that experience are around people who do have professional experience of working with uh, children with additional needs who can help us as we seek to help, help them. So that smile. So that's one example. Um, example number two, Sarah and Naomi. With prop and earrings. Morning, everybody. It's great to see you all here today. Um, so uh, for those of you that know, Graham and I are foster carers and have been for um, about five years now. So um, at the moment, we've got a little one with us. Um, and we talked a while ago about the initiative of... Uh, our church doing something to help the um, local authority and we came up with doing some welcome bags um, as Naomi is holding. Um, so these are little welcome bags or emergency bags that we have uh, produced as a church um, and I know that many of you gave money to provide these bags and the aim of the bags really is to um, give them to uh, children that come into care so I know for, for Graham and I we've had children turn up on our doorstep at 11 o'clock at night or um, within 10 minutes we've we know we've had a phone call and then within 10 minutes they've arrived and we've had nothing um, you know we've not had any spare nappies or clothes or food or anything like that so we thought actually a way of serving uh, the city serving these vulnerable children would be to provide a bag for the foster carers so that they've got some immediate supplies for the children. So I don't know if, Naomi, if you want to uh, open the bag and maybe talk through what we've put in the bags, just so you know what you've given your money into. So we, um, it took us a little while to come up with a definitive list. A cuddly toy. <laughs> Um, nappies, we thought of, um, for the slightly older children, some food. There is baby wash. Thank you, Adam. There's vests, sleep suits, um, toothpaste, toothbrush. It's getting them all out. Um, a muslin, bibs, um, formula, um, age-specific, a toy and a book for each child. And we sat... Thank you. Oh, it is all in there, hopefully. Oh, Yes. Chocolates, found that one. <laughs> Not for the babies. We thought putting an extra gift in for the foster carers, um, just, just to say thank you and show them that they're loved. Um, and we, Julia, myself and Sarah, sat in her living room surrounded by baby goods. And we put together over 40 bags um, from everybody's ge um, generous donations. So please give yourself a round of applause. That was amazing. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> and we put um, tags on each one of them, just saying, um, with lots of love from Jubilee Church Derby, so they know where it's coming from. And um, there's more to come because we've received an amazing donation from um, In Memorial of a Lovely Lady, who we miss. And she's donated some money um, so we can create more bags. And amazingly, the 40 bags that... Um, have made up and have gone now to social services you know could be used within six months that's crazy isn't it i think most of them have been used oh, already. already yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's so sad isn't it but that's the reality we face and in the prayer meeting on wednesday we had such a good time praying for our city but in particular we prayed for social services um the fostering system in derby that each bag that has gone out to those babies, um, we're only doing age 0 to 2 at the moment, will just be a blessing to them and that um, God will bless those families that they're in. We've actually uh, written to the head of fostering and asked them what, in what other ways we can serve them as a church. Um, they're going to have a meeting in the next few weeks to see how we can help them as a church. So please pray that we can be a real blessing to our vulnerable children in, in Derby City. Thank you. Thank you. 
So it's actually two things. So number three, Kevin, I'd like to come and talk about uh, what we're doing with Faith, Hope and Enterprise. Do you mean to give context or are you going to kick straight into it? You eat it, okay. So um, for a little while, uh, Kevin and I have been thinking, how can we further partner together? We love what FHE are doing, but how can we as a church become more involved in that and real, really seek to be uh, partnering with them? And uh, we had a trip to Peterborough, didn't we? It was Peterborough, wasn't it? Yeah. It was Peterborough. Uh, to see another charity that um, work with vulnerable adults and provide supported housing in Peterborough. And look at the model that, that they do. And they've got a number of properties now, haven't they, across the, across the city and some other places as well. We thought, we wonder what we could do here in Derby. And um, we realised that actually having some stable accommodation is probably one of the, f- the first things that is most important. That isn't actually going to be subject to landlords saying, well, you can have it now, or actually you can't have it now because of the uh, residents that are in it. And so we thought actually to have accommodation that was owned by FHE rather than just rented might be a more sustainable model moving forward. But for any of you that have ever bought property, you'll know that you might be able to afford the mortgage because that's probably similar to what you're paying in rent. But getting a deposit together is pretty hard work. Anybody relate to that? I think most of us can relate to that if you ever bought a house. So we began to think about what could we do um, to, to help the situation. And uh, Kevin and I talked, we talked as elders and, and trustees. And uh, we, we came on a, upon a bit of a plan, did we not? That was um, created. And uh, what we have done is that uh, out of Jubilee's financial reserves, we have made an interest-free loan to Faith, Hope and Enterprise uh, towards a deposit for a house for how many residents? Three residents. And um, Kevin will talk about that in a second. And that will get repaid over over the next few years. We've got, got all that lined up and in place but we thought that's an example of something that we could do as a church that supports a charity that is very dear to us and we want to support and encourage and work with, but actually enables them to do more of what they're doing and for us to play our part as well. Is that enough context? So you can explain a little bit more. <laughs> actually, um, the cost of a mortgage is significantly less for us than the cost of the commercial leases that we have to take out on our properties. So to give you, a, give you an idea of what, how much benefit that gives us, um, in November we began to lease a house from one of our commercial partners uh, in Dean Street in Derby, which adjoins Stockport Road where we've bought a house. So bought for um, the same price, only a £1,000 difference in purchase price. The mortgage is a third of the cost of the commercial lease. So... We're going to pay Jubilee back over the next few years. But actually, that just releases lots of money for us to spend on our residents to support them and help them develop and grow. And I've always been a bit, why are we putting this in the pocket of, of wealthy landlords who own lots of properties? We could be spending this on the, on the people that we house. So thank you. Um, thank you. Because uh, that loan has enabled us to buy the first property. We bought that last week. And we've got two weeks' worth of work to do that's going to be a women-only house. We've spoken to the council about how we can best serve them, um, and we've already got more than the three people that, that we will be able to house in there. Um, so thank you for that. And also, I want to encourage you, because I've been talking about this model with friends and supporters of Faith, Hope, and Enterprise, and one of the landlords, um, who's a, he's a Christian guy, um, very supportive of what we do. I was having this conversation with him, and he gave me a call when we completed on Stockport Road and said, Kevin, I would like to sell you the house that you currently lease from me. I know that you struggle to go to, uh, to raise the deposit fund, so I would like to give you an interest-free loan for the whole of the deposit so that you can buy the house from us. So your generosity, not only have you got the ball rolling for us, but actually you've inspired and encouraged other Christian people to do, to do similar things. So thank you for that too. Um, what we do, 
Um, what, what we do, for those of you who don't know, um, so we do house vulnerable adults, um, a, a range of support needs that they have. So some people learning disabilities just need uh, people to come in every week and just help them with some basic things to maintain tenancy so that they can survive. Others have uh, maybe a history of drug or alcohol addiction or might be actively addicted to drugs or alcohol, uh, mental illness uh, and offending history. And we work with some of the people that um, find it most difficult to find other accommodations. So some of the convictions, for example, of our, of our uh, offenders in our accommodation at the moment would include um, arson, rape, child sex abuse, kidnap, attempted murder. We, we work with some of the really, really tough um, guys. And our belief is that relationship is what changes lives. Um, so you can put a roof over someone's head, you can get them into a drug treatment program, you can uh, help them with their literacy or their IT skills, you can help them into education or training, but fundamentally what changes people's lives is, is healthy relationship, good, positive relationship. And that's not some bright idea that I had, because I'm, I'm not that bright. That comes from an understanding of the, of the nature and character of God, because God exists in eternal relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and um, we've been singing this morning and thinking this morning, we are his children. He is our father. Jesus is our brother. We are friends. This is what God calls us to. And so when, uh, when Mel and I took Faith, Hope, and Enterprise on five years ago, that was very much our commitment. We're building, we're building relationships with people. And just an example of that this week, we had World Book Day this week. Um, I don't know if any of you celebrated that. We didn't dress up, but we did, we did have a friend who works for Penguin Books come and do World Book Day with some of our residents. Uh, and one of our guys uh, who came to that, it was quite a small group, um, but we've worked with him for years and years. He's got a very complex history. Um, Mel took him home afterwards, and they must have had some conversation in the car because he texted me Friday night. Uh, and he's, he's in his late 40s, this guy. Um, daily drinker. <laughs> drug addict, got some quite violent offending history. He said this, tell Mel, when I said that you and her were like my mum and dad, what I meant was that I grew up on my own and I'm not used to people being so nice. You and Mel are like family to me and it really matters to me that you care. Um, I just said, thank you. And he said, I wouldn't be here without you. Hmm. <laughs> But when we started working with him, we had 18 residents. We, by the time we filled this house, we would have 33. And we can't maintain that kind of relationship with that many people. So what we've spoken about before, but we're, getting, we're really getting uh, into this now, is what better network of relationships that could have a positive influence on their lives could we introduce our residents to but to you? And actually, that's what we want to do because their relational networks are with people that they drink with or have used with or have offended with. We'd like them to get to know you. And I've never been able to make that happen before because I just don't have the skill set. Um, I feel so much... I have not got a clue what I'm doing. I haven't had a clue what I'm doing since the day Carl died. But God is good. Uh, and he's put some great people around us, one of whom is Caroline, who led us so well this morning, who's one of the trustees of Faith, Hope and Enterprise. Uh, and she has been working with uh, one of our colleagues, a lady called Louise Cook, who's got experience in managing volunteer networks for Sure Start centres and things like that. Uh, and it's great because I don't, I don't have, to, um, have to worry about it. They're looking after this. So they've put together a, a kind of list of practical things that volunteers could do within Faith, Open Enterprise that would help not just to build relationships, but actually help us with some of the, some of the practical work as well. So I'm going to get in trouble after this because Caroline's going to tell me that I've missed stuff out and not said important things, um, or I've added things to this list that weren't there. But, um, <laughs> oh dear, that, should I read it? Would that be more sensible? Shall I? I, yeah, well, that's, you know, that's how I live my life, and uh, that's why I get into so much trouble. So there is, uh, there's some work around um, in the office that would be good. Um, some of you donate food that we redistribute to people who are struggling at the moment. Um, that often needs bagging up and just delivering um, to clients. 
Um, we have other stuff that gets um, donated that is just useful to have uh, a proper list of that, because at the moment it just lies around in the office. Um, there are great opportunities to befriend people, just to be a friendly listening ear, um, take someone out to coffee, take them out for a walk in Darley Park, have lunch with them. We've got a, a guy who loves doing jigsaw puzzles. He loves nothing better than for someone to walk around his house, spend half an hour with him, putting some jigsaws together. We've got a lady who loves doing craft stuff, but doesn't have the confidence to go to uh, community groups to do any of that. Um, so any time that we can spend with her. We have lots of people who can't help manage their money. Um, so just helping people to access things like Jubilee at St. Peter's Church or just going through their budgets with them, maybe take them shopping to make sure that when they're paid they get enough food for the fortnight and, and don't run out of that. Um, there's support work that's um, needed in some of the houses, so people who need to learn to cook. Uh, we have to clean in the communal areas quite regularly. There's practical tasks. You wouldn't believe how many times we have to paint places um, and other DIY stuff that I'm also not skilled in whatsoever. So there, there are loads of jobs, things that practically need doing. Thank you. Um, uh, but you do need to be trained if you are going to work with our residents. So hopefully you've already understood from what I've said today. There are some quite serious safeguarding issues and risks that arise. So Caroline and Louise are going to deliver some training, which you will need to come to if you want to volunteer. You will need a DBS. You will need to be trained. We have to safeguard you and our residents and other adults and children that might be associated with them. We want you to have a really good grounding of that. One of our residents who's a current uh, heroin user is going to help deliver some of that training. So um, you are getting it from somebody who really understands it. Um, and if, essentially, if you are going to spend time with our residents or in our accommodation, you will be there as an unpaid member of staff. That's, that's how it's going to be treated. So how you record that, how you report stuff, who you are accountable to, who will supervise that, that, that will all be laid out for you in the training. And you can be very thankful it won't be me. <laughs> I, I'm just the worst manager. Can I tell when Mel started working with me? So when Mel started working with me, she's not here, so this is okay. I, I realised what a bad manager I was, because at home, Mel is psychic. Honestly, she, she knows what I'm thinking. If, if a mischievous thought goes through my mind, Mel knows it before I've said a word. But when she started working for me, I discovered actually she's not psychic, uh, and she needs to be told what to do and how to do it. Uh, and I was useless at that. So... When Louise started, Louise became Mel's line manager. Mel said, I'd work for you full-time if Louise was my manager. <laughs> we'll get in touch with you, but I'm hoping that training's going to be in April. Is that right? So if you're interested in helping any of those things or anything else that you know that you're good at, that you'd like to get involved, and you'd be interested in that, at least come to the training maybe, make your mind up then. Could you please speak to Caroline? Don't come to me. Please speak to Caroline, and we'll get you, we'll get you lined up for that. Thank you, Kevin. Wonderful. You might not think you're a great manager, but you are a great visionary, my friend. So these are some of the things that we are involved in as a church and some ways that you can be part of us seeking to serve the city. Although it's fascinating that uh, Kevin referred to this and so did Sarah. And actually, it goes back to our history with Smile as well. We talked to people who know and said, what's the need? So we talked to local authorities and said, what's the need? How can we serve? How can we be a blessing? What difference could we make? I'd love it for us to be known as a church that makes a difference in the city. To bring in the kingdom of God. To demonstrate his love and his goodness and his faithfulness. We do it in Smile. We seek to love and serve these children with additional needs. We do it um, with the fostering bags, seek to be a blessing to those who are looking after some of our most vulnerable children in the city. What we seek to do with the residents that FHE serve, to show them God's love in a practical way. It's not that we're opening up a Bible saying, let me tell you about this. No, no, no. What we're doing is just living out the way that God has done something in our hearts and demonstrating his love and his goodness. So my question as I finish is how can you play your part? What, God, what is God saying to you? What part do you have to play 
in all of this? Because in this room, there are a multitude of different skills, experiences, passions, interests, all of which God can use. So I'm going to finish by praying and asking that God will speak to each of us about what it is. Some friends of mine, they've said that their church should be a church the city can't do without. So that's a good phrase, isn't it? Maybe we should steal it. <laughs> but friends, I'd love us to be known as a church that brings blessing and love and good news to the communities around us. Yes, we want to build a great church. We want to tell people about Jesus. We just want to demonstrate God's love, both here and on the other side of the world, several thousand miles away. You want to be part of that? That sound good? Yeah. Let's stand and we're going to close by praying together. Heavenly Father, thank you that uh, you have called us to be part of something great. Lord Jesus, thank you that you said you would build your church, but you send us out to bring in your kingdom. And so we pray about everything we've talked about this morning and say, God, let your kingdom come here in Derby, in Burton, in our nation, in the nations of the world, in Cambodia and other places. We say, let your kingdom come. And God, thank you that you've called us to be part of what you're doing. And I pray for each of us this morning that you would speak to us. You would show us how we can be part of what you're doing here. Thank you for the opportunities that are before us. Thank you for the different ways that we can be a blessing to our city. And Father, we pray for each of us that you would speak to us and show us the part that we have to play, what it is that you're calling us to do. Father, we pray it for each of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're done. Sorry for overrunning slightly, but thank you so much for being with us this morning. Don't rush off. There's tea and coffee and refreshments in the box area. If you've got children in there or crèche, if you could go get them, please. And uh, look forward to seeing you next Sunday here at 10 o'clock. Sunday morning.